Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. Back for the first time in a little while, Chris Graham, Augusta Free Press. You know, I, I, I saw a news report today about how uh, the Texas U.S. Senator Ted Cruz recorded five podcasts last week, and he's a sitting U.S. Senator. This is my job, and I don't have time to record podcasts, uh, so I'm recording late on a Friday night for the first time in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll pre- preview the UVA Clemson game tomorrow. Talk some more EVA basketball news and notes. But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm a news writer and a sports writer. I'm not quite a U.S. Senator. Uh, <laughs> a little busy these days with all the stuff to write about. Hey, let's talk Clemson UVA. Uh, first, a little bit about Clemson for basketball, UVA basketball fans who may have not paid a lot of attention to Clemson, if you're like me. I, I usually do a deep, deep dive right before, a couple of days before a game. Uh, Clemson uh, is is fourteen and six right now, four and five in the ACC. Metrics wise, looks really good. Uh, but uh, most recent game, I did get to see just a few minutes of the Clemson Louisville game from the other night, um, and I actually turned it off. Uh, apparently, at the wrong time, it was uh, Clemson was up twenty four. I ended up turning it on. I think it was State Miami um, because that game was closer. Uh, Louisville actually got within four points in the last minute on Clemson before Clemson held them off. Um, so four and five in the ACC for Clemson. Now I mentioned the metrics. Um, you know when you look at all the 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 the, the five metrics that the NCAA tournament selection committee uses. Uh, right now this Clemson team is is ten in KPI, the twenty nine in strength of record, and the ESPN BPI, the Basketball Power Index. 31 in Ken Palm, 33 in net. I mean, those are all solid numbers right now. Uh, Brad ba- Brownell, though, knows it doesn't matter where you are. On, we're on February 2nd now. Um, it matters where you are in March. Uh, this team last year was 18-5 and five at this time, going into the first Saturday of February. 10-2 and two in the ACC. Ended up not making the NCAA tournament. And all they did was go 5-5 five and five down the stretch, including 1-1 one and one in the ACC tournament. It's not like they collapsed. Um but uh, you got to be careful this time of year. Uh, and they were actually 18 and four. They lost the game to get to 18 and five. So, you know, to go to, to go from 18 and four to not making the tournament, you know, that's, that's hard. Um, Brownell is an interesting guy too. 255 wins at Clemson over 400, including his other stops, UNC Wilmington. And can't think of the other one right off the top of my head, but he's only been to three NCAA tournaments at Clemson. He actually took Wilmington to two. In uh, just four years there, he's been to three in 14 years at Clemson, and he's only won two NCAA tournament games. That was, and they were both in the same year, 2018. They went to the Sweet 16 that year. He's only he's, he's two and three in, in, in the NCAA tournament in 14 years now at Clemson. Um, it's a program that's like always knocking on the door, but they can't quite knock it down, right? Um, so this game's two o'clock tip tomorrow, two o'clock Eastern time tip. Uh, for those who are spread out all over the world, I know we have readers in Germany. We have readers in the different time zones in the U.S. Two o'clock Eastern time, um, or you know, at least the one uh, fan from you know, reader, listener slash whatever from Germany, that'll be eight o'clock your time. You get you get some prom time viewing there. Uh, so let's look at Clemson's uh, team, the starters in rotation. Uh, P.J. Hall is a guy that you're familiar with. Uh, boy, he's been around for a while. He's one of those guys that too good for college, not good enough for the NBA. That's why he's back, 6'10 senior. And here's why I can't figure out why he's not good enough for the NBA. He can actually shoot from the outside, 31.1% from three-point range, 19.9 points, 7.1 rebounds a game, 1.9 blocks a game. He can defend the rim, 50.9% from the field, and the 31.1% from three. Um, he, he's he's a you know 
threat at two levels, at least. He's not going to dribble drive you, but he can hit the three. And he, he's really good around the rim, 72.7%, 72.5% around the rim. Uh, 40% of his offense is post-ups. He's 53.6% on those. Uh, and he, he's he's adept at the you know the pick and roll slides and then the backdoor cuts. He shoots 54.7% on those. It's going to be a tough matchup. He's a tough matchup for everybody. Last year against Virginia, he averaged 16 points and nine and a half rebounds a game. Shot 54.2% from the field in those two games. Both losses for Clemson to Virginia. Um, you might remember their point guard. Oh, actually, I say point guard. He's a 6'2 guy, Joe Girard, but he's actually the shooting guard. You might remember him from Syracuse. Uh, Joe Girard uh, averaging 14.8 points, 3.2 assists a game. He's shooting 41.2% from three. Shoots a lot of threes. Uh, at Syracuse last year, averaged 16.4 points per game. One of those rare intra-conference transfers. I say rare. They're not as rare as they used to be. <laughs> Uh, he shoots threes at a high volume, averages 6.8 attempts per game. Got to keep up with him uh, on the perimeter. Uh, point guard is Chase Hunter. Chase Hunter's been at Clemson uh, for all five of his years. He only played nine games as the first year, way back in 2019-2020, the COVID year. Um, Double-digit score the past two years. One example of a guy who just you know got better every year. Um, and uh, he's a very important guy for this team, 12 points a game. Uh, 41% from the field, just 28.2% from three, but he can hit them. He's open. Uh, the distinct, distinguishing feature of this Clemson team is, is Brad Brownell plays big uh, of his rotation guys, and he plays nine guys, uh, regular minutes. Five of them are are post guys, and they're big post guys. You got uh, Hall at center at 6'10". Uh, Chauncey Wiggins, a 6'10 sophomore, actually – uh, when you look at the the how how um, KenPom.com slates him as a lineup guy, he's a three. He's a small forward at six ten. Uh, shoots thirty six point one percent from three. So you got to watch him on the perimeter. Um, the six eight junior Ian Shefflin actually is the power forward, and you can tell by his numbers: nine point three points, but nine point six rebounds. Shoots fifty nine percent from the field. Guy who scores around the rim a lot. Um, those are the two starters uh, at the forward spots, along with Hall at center. And then the other two bigs off the bench, 6'8 sophomore uh, R.J. Godfrey, averages 6.9 points a game in 16 minutes per game. And then the 6'10 senior Jack Clark, 2.9 points, 2.9 rebounds, 13.7 minutes a game. The other two guards you'll see, uh, the other two guys in the rotation, a 6'3 sophomore Josh Beadle, another 6'3 sophomore Dylan Hunter. They don't score much, don't play much, but you'll see them out there spelling uh, Gerard and Hunter, but not much. Um, for good reason. If I have Gerard and Hunter, I'm playing, as, playing them as much as I can, too. Um, the key to this game now, when I look at Virginia and how this plays out, will be the ability of Jordan Miner, who has started the last six games for Virginia, averaging 9.2 points, 5.2 rebounds a game, 55.3% from the floor. Good defense, generally speaking, uh, in the post. How, how he can keep up with Hall, again, a guy who can score in the post, and that's where Miner's been really good defensively and really stabilized his team with his defense, being able to guard one-on-one -on -one in the post. But then also uh, Hall's ability on the perimeter, that might be the challenge there. Um, and, and unchallenged thus from Miner to keep up and, and just stay out of foul trouble. Um, he got early foul trouble last week, uh, the Saturday game uh, at Louisville. Uh, Virginia won that game big, led by uh, 30 at one point, ended up winning by 17 because of garbage time. Uh, but uh, he only got 10 minutes because of two early fouls in the first half, two quick fouls in the second half, and he, Virginia cannot have him get in foul trouble tomorrow. Got to play good defense and stay out of foul trouble. Uh, 
Blake Buchanan will probably get some minutes, not necessarily, hopefully because of foul trouble, just because, uh, uh, you know, Hall is such a hard guy to guard. Um, Buchanan has been playing, a, a, I think he's been playing well of late as the backup at the five spot. And he's averaging 3.7 points, 3.3 rebounds a game and 14.3 minutes a game. Remember, I mean, this, this guy can play. He had 18 points and seven rebounds in the win over Florida way back in early November. Um, we know he can do it. It's just a matter of how consistently he can do it. And he may actually be better uh, at times against Hall than Minor. Uh, you know, I mean, I think if I'm Brad Brownell, uh, the sets I run uh, when Miner's guarding Hall, I probably have uh, Hall, you know, floating more out to the three-point line. And when Buchanan's guarding him, I probably, you know, try to get the ball inside. So we'll see how Virginia plays that. Uh, you might see Buchanan get help with doubles. Uh, which we don't like because that's that's what leaves three point shooters open and, and teams have have been able to beat Virginia in those situations. So, uh, but that's what will happen there most likely. Because Clemson goes big again, I mentioned a six ten three, a six ten small forward. I'm expecting a lot more minutes for Virginia six nine stretch four Jake Groves had 18 points the other night. So not just because he had 18 points the other night, but because Clemson goes big, it actually wouldn't surprise me to see. Uh, Groves get the start as the third guard. You know, Virginia doesn't play two guards, two forwards center like uh, is the traditional lineup, the traditional starting lineup or traditional lineup in general. Um, Tony uh, Bennett, because the way he runs his offense, he's got three guards and then two two forwards, basically. Um, would not surprise me to see Groves uh, getting a start uh, and alongside Ryan Dunn, who's who's been the four in, in this lineup and then minor at five. And maybe on offense, Groves still playing as as a as a blocker, as they're called in the mover blocker offense, setting screens, uh, but then popping off those screens. So a lot of times you see a guy off the screen, you know, roll to the basket after the screen. Groves is more adept at the the fading back out to the three point line as we saw the other night. A lot of those six, he had six threes. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm trying to get my mind's eye to remember all six of those threes in quick succession, so I can give you this authoritatively but he gets his threes off the pops um uh you know occasionally yeah if a you know loose ball offensive rebound uh kick out kind of thing but he, he's going to be dangerous on those pick and pops uh and then having done maybe running off the screens he's not going to score much off those he's not a done is not a you know an adept uh perimeter shooter but um, he's he's kind of got him curl off and maybe do some damage there as well. So hey, Jake Groves, I'm 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 putting the word in here that what if he starts tomorrow? Wouldn't be the worst thing. That would mean Andrew Rohde uh, gets to the bench, um, and it's probably something that's deserved anyway, given his struggles all season, but particularly of late. Uh, and then you got Isaac McNeely, Reese Beekman. You know their backcourt, the Clemson backcourt. Uh, as I mentioned, you know the the backups don't get a lot of playing time, so I would expect McNeely and Beekman will get 30 minutes plus tomorrow. Um, Dante Harris uh, will probably be the one guy off the bench uh, that'll get some some run from Virginia in the backcourt, uh, and I think just as a as a changeup defensively, uh, and um, with Hunter just to kind of get up under him. So um, the uh, the I don't ever look at Vegas lines because I'm not a better, but I did see Ken Palm had Clemson favored by six in this game. I like Virginia in this one. I'll be honest with you. I think Virginia's playing well right now. And, uh, you know, again, I just mentioned how, though, th this can go sour and go south pretty quickly. Minor getting in foul trouble uh, could really be the key here. Minor stays out of foul trouble. I think Virginia wins this game. 
Um, let's talk some more UVA basketball and some news and notes. Um, uh, the Hoops Mailbag today, uh, I had a question from a reader uh, about Andrew Rohde. We talked about Rohde, um, uh, and uh, the, the question from Matt was, uh, you know, I was baffled to see Andrew Rohde in the starting lineup for Notre Dame. I thought that experiment had ended. Um, you know, what about using that playing time that he's getting and not using very well to go with Elijah Gertrude and Leon Bond more often? And, um, you know, the thing about that is, so Rhodey only played 12 minutes in the Notre Dame win, and he played 12 minutes last week in the home win. Uh, what was that? Uh, the NC State game. He did get 25 or 30 minutes. I It was somewhere in that range in the Louisville game. So um, his playing time has been going up and down of late. Um, I don't know. So first, I don't know that Leon Bond is the solution. Uh, I've said this on podcasts and written a lot about this. You know, nothing against the kid. He seems like a really, really energetic kid. And, you know, from everything I've heard, we don't ever get to you know talk one-on-one -on -one with the kids anymore like we used to in the old days. Um, but from a basketball standpoint, I don't think his game is is Virginia ready yet. He's six five. His skill set is more. I mean, kind of plays reminds me that he could he could be a guy like an Anthony Gill. And Gill was only six seven, but was also two twenty five, two thirty. You know, Bond is about two hundred, two oh five. And and as a result, Gill, who's now a three point shooter in the NBA, because you got to be pretty much in this day and age in the NBA. But back in college, he was a really, really good post player. And, uh, you know, Bond, Bond's game is more there. He's, he's you know, 10 feet in. Uh, he's, not a, he's not a guy that you're going to run off screens and, and get respect from the uh, opponent defensively to expect that he can make a jump shot. Uh, and as a result, he's not very valuable uh, in the mover blocker offense. He's a good defender, um, but he's probably a better defender in the post too. I hate to say it this way. I think he's a transfer possibility, and I don't. I'm not wishing that, but I think that for him, his game is better suited to to a different system than Virginia's system. Let's let's just put it that way. Um, as far as Elijah Gertrude, I think Gertrude is uber talented. I mean, God, that kid. He he might be one of the. I'm just trying to think of guys to compare him to. Um, he's not as physically stout as Justin Anderson, but he's he's a crazy athlete like Justin Anderson. He's got a lot of bounce. You got to think too. He's still, he's still sort of recovering from that torn ACL last year. He's only going to get more athletic as he continues to get, uh, you know, recovered from that, uh, and then not only recover from that, but then be able to build off of that and you know, kind of catch up to where he was before that ACL injury. Um, but right now, his issue, I think, in his limit of playing time is he's he's still trying to figure out how to play within the system. Uh, you know, if I, I can. <laughs> I can see Gertrude going to a place like Carolina and just running wild in a good way. Um, but in Virginia, if you're going to play at Virginia, you're going to have to play within, you know, the, the, the strictures of the system. And I think he'll, he'll be able to do that. He's just not quite there yet. I, I, I hate that the red shirt was burned, but also don't think, I think he's the, he's the caliber of athlete that he's not necessarily a guy who would have stayed around for a fifth year. Anyway. Um, I think if, if, if Tony Bennett and staff can get him to develop, He's he's the kind of guy who is at worst at, at the at the most is going to stay four years, no matter how many redshirt years he might have had. I think the better solution in the here and now uh, for Virginia is Tane Murray. Murray is the six five junior. He he can shoot from outside. Uh, he defends well. Doesn't do anything wrong. He's not spectacular. He's not gonna 
you know, wow you with his athleticism or anything like that, but he's steady, steady. Uh, so I, I like him in that respect. The other question I got for the mailbag today um, was about no touches in the post for the bigs. A reader, Jim Gillespie, who's a, was a regular commenter when we still had our commenting system up, uh, noted that when he was watching the game on TV, he got tired of Corey, which is not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> turn off the sound and as because you know it's kind of like when you so when you turn off a sound when you close off one of your senses of other senses heighten so what jim said is it, it, him having the volume off resulted in him noticing some new things now he says this i can't vouch for this um i'm watching when i'm watching the game and i get to watch it home games i get to watch from behind the basket so i could watch the plays develop kind of like you would see on a uh a draw, you know, on the, on the dry erase board, you know, with the, I, you can see them coming and I'm watching who's setting screens, who's running off them. Well, are they flattening off the screens? Are they curling around the screens after the curl? What happens to the big? Does he, does he, uh, you know, dive for the pocket pass or growth flatten out for the, the pick and pop. And I'm watching all that stuff. Um, now what Jim says is that for 15 minutes of the first half, the ball was passed to Jordan Minor, Blake Buchanan, and Ryan Dunn exactly once. Can't vouch for that, but um, we, we I will say that Dunn only had one shot attempt in the game. That doesn't mean he didn't get the ball passed to him. He just, I'll talk about Dunn in a second. Um, in the last five minutes of the first half, Jim said Dunn got a few touches after Tony Bennett put him, Minor, and Groves in the game at the same time. What Jim's observation is, it's odd watching a game in which only three of the five players are, quote, allowed to touch the ball. Um and he says it's concerning that Tony gives up so easily on inside play. Um, so my response, so I, whenever I do these mailbag things, I usually write back to the person first when when I'm get you know I get the email and love interacting with folks. Uh, my response to Jim was, "This is the way, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like it or not, that basketball is played in this day and age. Not just at Virginia, but just about everywhere. I mean, the NBA is played this way. You don't have Patrick Ewing's and Akeem Olajuwon's." Uh, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, Wilt Chamberlain's getting the ball fed to them in the post. Joel Embiid is leading the NBA in scoring uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers at 35.3 points per game, but he shoots a lot of threes. Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota it shoots a lot of threes. I mean, you, you, the big guys, you, you know, do different things. Uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, league MVP a couple times, right? He's a big guy who is the point center. He, you know, he's distributing the ball from the top of the of the of the perimeter, you know, from the top of the perimeter, top of the key, three point area. It's it's a different game than it was when we were growing up, or even a couple, you know, generation ago, two generations ago, whatever. Uh, Post play in this day and age is guards driving a lane um, or dump downs off of you know screen and rolls. I mean, in the Virginia offense, a lot of the, the what the post guys get in terms of not offensive rebounds, stickbacks is when they set a screen and a guard gets the pass off of a curl. Um, and then two defenders go out to the shooter, say it's Isaac McNeely, and you're going to want to put two guys on him from 15 feet. Um, and then let's just say it's, it's minor setting the screen. He just rolls to the basket because nobody's guarding him. And, you know, you get a, a, a quick pass and a dunk. That's, that's basketball. That's just, that's the way it's played. It's not just here. It's a lot of places. Um, Ryan Dunn, his offense, I call it, I call it in a column this uh, earlier this week, and I called it again in his mailback column I wrote today. It's derivative. Um, he gets offensive rebounds, he gets dump downs off screen and rolls. Um, 
he can't create his own shot. Uh, he's not he's not going to get the ball to the top of the key and you know ISO and dribble drive and get to the basket. He's he's going to get a pass and uh, he's going to have a, a you know sliver of white. He's athletic enough to make it a sliver into more and he'll do do something with it. But he's got to have that advantage created for him in the first place. Um, this isn't just Tony. It's everywhere. Blame Europe. I mean that's yeah. This we we play like we play like Europe does a lot. And you know seven footers have to have different skill sets now. Uh, than they did a generation ago. Ralph Sampson would have been fine in this. Ralph would have Ralph would have actually thrived in this. You know, big skinny guy like he was. He wasn't built banging the post with Patrick Ewing and you know, him Elijah Wine and guys like that for forty minutes. Um, and I know the NBA games, NBA games forty eight minutes. Most NBA regular season games, you guys play thirty five minutes. So he wasn't built to, to withstand those rigors, which is why he didn't last long in the NBA. Um, but if he was playing now, think of Victor Wimbayama. That's what Ra Ralph would have been that 40 years ago. Anyway, um, and if you want to bring up Armando Baycott, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, there's a reason those guys are still in college. And it's because their game doesn't translate to the NBA. You know, they're not going to make money in the NBA next year when their eligibility is finally up. It seems like Baycott's been there for 20 years. Um, they're going to have to make money in Europe. It's, it's I, I don't think it's, I mean, I, I don't. I don't understand how guys like that can't be used in the NBA, but that's just that's just reality. It's just the way it's played. So, what Tony's doing? I mean, you know, I would argue. Okay, this is what not what Jim asked about, but you know, if I'm Armando Baycott from Richmond and I can get into Carolina, I could get into Virginia if I wanted to. Um, all those years ago, uh, is it better that I've got all these North Carolina and NCAA records in five seasons in Carolina? Or what I've been better off going to Virginia and learning how to play the way the NBA wants me to play. Hmm, I wonder about that. Because bigs in the NBA play pretty much like bigs at UVA do. They set screens, they have to roll off screens, they have to play defense down low, and they have to uh, be able to defend the post. Just an argument. I guess Hunter Dickinson was alleged to have perhaps reached out to UVA in the offseason, got more money to go to Kansas. Good for him. He's not going to learn anything there, and he's not going to play in the NBA next year as a result. So... Um, there we go. There's uh, my wit and wisdom on UVA basketball and more as far as things go. Hey, um, let's see if, uh, you have any questions for me, please. The mailbags, oh God, I love interacting with folks in the mailbag. So feel free to email me at chris at augustafreepress.com, um, with your questions about UVA basketball, UVA football. We haven't talked a lot about football for a while. I've written a couple pieces, but I know we're in the throes of basketball season. Um, had somebody text me last night asking me to write about the Shrine Bowl, how Malik Washington is playing in the Shrine Bowl. You know, you know, I got to go where the readers are, and they're not in the Shrine Bowl right now. So, um, you know, we'll follow Malik when we get closer to the NFL draft, certainly, uh, and and what wherever he may land, and we, you know, we'll figure out if other guys are going to get sniffs from uh, the NFL draft folks. Um, but yeah, any football, I mean, we're getting coming up on baseball season two weeks from today. Hard to believe. I'll season tickets this year. Um, I haven't looked at the forecast the last couple of days for February 16th on that Friday at first day of the regular season. When we're starting in Charlottesville, like you, in years past, for a long what years past, we would go down to Florida or South Carolina or you know, extreme southern North Carolina to start the season. Yeah, we're starting in Charlottesville on February 16th with a three-game series. So um, and I've got the season tickets. Uh, I've been told by the wife that uh, if, if it's under 50 degrees, 
we're not going. And if it's 50 degrees, we're going to be checking the wind before we go. So anyway, baseball's coming up. Uh, you can talk about that. Hey, women's basketball, you know, the team is 10 and 11, but they've had a couple top 20 upsets in the last couple weeks. So any questions you may have, again, the email address for me is chris at augustafreepress.com. 